Hey, thank you guys so much for listening. This is the 10th episode of City Boy Rock. I'm your host, Vincent Trin. I'm your co-host, Trey Takar. And this week, uh, we're going to talk about the newly inducted Hall of Fame members into the NBA's or the Basketball Hall of Fame. And we're also going to be talking about this proposed uh, game of horse that the uh, that Adam Silver has been talking about. And we're also going to look into Rex Ryan's uh, comments, rather harsh comments um, on Amari Cooper. And we're going to talk about our favorite rivalries in sports. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is thank the 10th you. episode. Thank you. Peace. <laughs> What's going on, Shrey? What's good, Vincent? I'm chilling in this quarantine. Hey, man. It's fourth episode in quarantine. Um, definitely not how we wanted to spend our our beautiful spring outside. Um but yeah, man, it's been a it's been a long four weeks. I'll say that. Uh, yeah, at it's least been it's been real long. I can't believe this already. But yeah, it's actually crazy. Um, I remember just being in school. What like it feels like it feels like two years ago now. It was literally a couple of weeks ago. But man, um, very slow news. So let's just start it off with the uh, NBA Hall of Fame class, um, headlined by. The Black Mom himself, Kobe Bryant, the Big Fundamental, Tim Duncan, and uh, Kevin Garnett. Sherry, what are your thoughts on this class? Is this one of the best classes of all time? This is the greatest class to ever enter the Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, I, I don't think it's even close because you have the arguably the second best, in some eyes, the, the best shooting guard to ever step foot on a basketball court entering the Hall of Fame and Kobe Bryant. You got the best power forward to ever play the game and Tim Duncan entering the Hall of Fame. A guy who's had five, who's won five NBA finals, has two MVPs, has three finals MVPs, endless accolades. And then you have arguably, I'd say maybe the third or fourth, top five at least, um, best power forward in the game and Kevin Garnett, also a champion, a defensive player of the year, um, an MVP. Um, so it's just a, an amazing class, great talent. And you have Tamika Ketching, also a legendary WNBA player. And I believe Rudy Tomjanovich. Yeah, Tomjanovich, actually, who, yeah. To, who led the Houston Rockets to two NBA finals. The back-to-backs. So, I mean – yeah, I mean, as a, and one of them as a sixth seed. So uh, it's a very um, accomplished class. Um, I'd say it's the best yeah, that's um, ever come through. 48 all-star appearances between just them three, um, 11 NBA championships. It's crazy. They they really defied that era of basketball, I would say. Yeah, I would for say, sure. Yeah. As soon as they retired, like, you knew it was like we were entering a new era yeah, in basketball. Yeah, because they all just retired in the same, yeah. uh, the same yeah, year. Kobe, Tim, and Kevin. I think they were going, especially in the like, 2008 to 2010, them three, if their teams were in contention every year. The Spurs were always there. Celtics, Lakers played each other twice. But, yeah, I mean, these three right here defied their era, I would say. Um, you know, past Michael Jordan, you can't name – you definitely got to say these three names after after the Michael Jordan era because these three are definitely, you know, one of the greats 
the greatest classes I've yeah. ever seen. Um, another close class was uh, the Iverson and Shaq. Was it I- Iverson and Shaq that year? No. Who in the same year? Was Iverson and Shaq? Uh, uh, Iverson yeah, and Shaq I think and Yao so. Ming. That yeah. year was close, but, you know, Yao Ming just wasn't, was not as up to par with, like, Kevin Burnett or something. Yeah. Um, and, obviously, Iverson Never, yeah, had he had the, ranks. the championships and uh, other accolades that these players had. Yeah, um, I mean, for sure, this is this is definitely going to be one of the greatest uh, classes ever. I'm just – we're all sad that Kobe can't – we can't see his speech. I think everybody wanted to see that speech. Um, where do you think he would have taken in the speech? You know how Michael Jordan took it out on other people? Like, took it out on, like, oh, the doubt and the haters – he roasted them at his mm-hmm. speech. What do you think Kobe would have went with his? I think Kobe's speech would have been a work of art, just like his game, and just like everything he's put out ever since he's re- ever since he retired. Uh, the Deer Basketball also won an Oscar. Was a work of art. I think his speech would have been thanking everyone who got him to the point where he is. I think it would have been a lot of reflecting on the times he had in the NBA, I don't think it would have been taking shots at uh, people who doubted him. Cause I just feel like Kobe's kind of past that for sure stage. Like as a player, I think he would have, if he had to, if he was inducted in the hall of fame as a, like while he was playing, obviously it would have been different. Cause we know what an animal he was on the court, what a beast he was. But I feel like he's changed the way he, people uh, the way he talks uh, well not the way he talks but he just changed his like the aura of Kobe changed after he retired he was a lot more mild-mannered um very just eloquent in the way he talks so I feel like he wouldn't have taken shots it would have been extremely professional extremely eloquent just a beautiful speech just like his game and everything he's done after yeah I totally agree with you I think Jordan when he retired he still had that fire competitive fire in him he still wanted to be the best and i think that that kind of uh hurt his post basketball career where you know people always looked at him as just a bitter old man you know and i still think people still think that because jordan said i think it wasn't too long ago he said uh i'm gonna be a hall of famer i mean yeah jordan's one of those old heads man one of those old heads you he will never change and his uh and uh, something that else that's hurt his post career is obviously the Charlotte basketball franchise. Yeah, this is a pathetic franchise. I've never seen such. Yeah. I mean, I, I I do live in DC. I've seen the Redskins, so there's some bad sports franchises. But yeah, the Charlotte Charlotte Hornets, man, they're just sad. Um, but yeah, moving on from that, it's just a great class. Tim Duncan speech. I'm ready. I'm really excited to see what Tim Duncan says. I feel like good. Kind of I want him. I want him to call speech. out. Uh, Joe was the referee. What's his name? Joey Crawford. Joey yeah. Crawford. I want him to call out Joey Crawford at his speech. I want. Duncan, I want to see the side of Tim Duncan we never saw before in the speech. I don't know. Yeah, I think it would be witty. I think it would be him and him. His speech and I know Ke, him and Kevin Garnett's speech is going to be on the opposite end oh, of yeah. the spectrum because they're two very very. KG's going to call out a lot of people. Very different. Yeah, and I feel like he's just going to have a lot more emotion. He'll probably cry. I doubt that Tim Duncan will cry. <laughs> Never really seen such emotion from him. But um, I'd, I'd, I'd see some uh, him using some witty humor because that's how he's always Oh, yeah, been. for sure. 
probably some Popovich, Popovich jokes. Uh, I think Kevin Garnett's definitely gonna uh, say. I, you think he'll say something about Ray Allen, or is that is that too petty? Is that too petty? Mm. Nah, that's too petty. I feel like but it is Kevin Garnett. Garnett. He would bring some stuff like that up. Um, I think he's gonna yeah. mention that he's gonna bring up the 2008. It would be interesting if they actually mention his name because it feels like they just cut cut Ray Allen off that team completely. Man, it's kind of crazy, but we'll see yeah. what happens with that speech. Uh, I think it'll be. He was the only one who was self-aware on that team. He knew that yeah. team was done. He, he chose, left, but they couldn't. They didn't want to. He used the. Uh, he used his head. Too he, big. Used, he chose with his mind over his uh, heart, man. I'll tell you that. Because I'm KG yeah. should have left earlier. I mean, KG was uh, so many injuries, and yeah, I mean, and they were just washed. They were. They, they were, were not beating my LeBron on the on, on the Heat, man. That game six should have just sealed, nailed it in the coffin, man. Just leave. Like, it's over. That did. That did. Yeah. <laughs> that did put the nail in the coffin for that. Man, it, it was fun times though. Back in those two thousand, what two thousand eight to two thousand fifteen, sixteen. That was, that was my favorite years in basketball, man. Yeah. So many stars, sure. and that was we saw we saw we saw Kevin Garnett in the Celtics. We saw Kobe in the Lakers. We saw LeBron yeah. in the Heat. We saw the Warriors started to come up. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy, crazy time. And the Knicks were the yeah. Knicks were relevant during For that sure. time. Yeah, the Knicks were that's relevant you know. for a few years. That 2012, 2013. That's how you. That's how you know bro. there was a good time in the NBA. Oh both the Celtics and or rather, both the Lakers and the Knicks were relevant at the same time. Man, that's how you know it's a good. It's a golden era in basketball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, since the coronavirus is happening and everything, Adam Silver also said. Um, that the NBA is proposing a like a horse game or something. It's like a virtual horse game. Is, is that right? a virtual horse game? Yeah, it's gonna be like peop- the upper echelon in the NBA because those are the players who have the teams yes. at their house. So I guess they want to keep the fans so. entertained. Um, I think it's. I mean, it's a it's a fine idea. It's just like, man, I really want to see basketball. I mean, if this is what it has to come down to, I'm not complaining. I'll take it. Uh, I just hope that we're not getting like Andre Roberson or something. I'm trying to see like Steph do some crazy things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, they said that it's presumably going to be p- players using home gyms. So I guess that w- I doubt any of the low profile players have at home gyms. So it's probably going to be those upper, like elite NBA players, hopefully. Um, hopefully maybe we'll see some Lonzo yeah, Ball. Yeah. Depending on if he's in LA or not, because if he's in LA, he yeah, I'm, have I guess I have to be excited for that. I if there is, uh, if I have a prediction, early prediction, I'm gonna pick Steph. I don't care if he's not in it or not, but Steph's probably gonna win if he is in it. Um, yeah, that's my early prediction. Who you got? Uh, yeah, I mean Steph for sure. I mean, he's the ultimate yeah, horse player. Yeah. He probably his, he he makes some crazy shots. I don't I don't see anybody else that make some crazy. Shots. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if KD, KD was in, he, would, he would probably do some crazy things. Uh, I feel like LeBron. LeBron would do something LeBron. like athletically, just the other players can't do. I don't see him making them crazy shots. I, I do. I've seen that before. I, I, I actually. I mean, I, I, I think Trey Young. Who knows, yeah. bro? With no pressure. Well, with no pressure. Oh, no yeah, pressure. Trey Young, Young probably be up there. Um, any of the any of those shooters that can just. That can just shoot it from a far away. They probably Cam Brett, yeah, Cam Reddish, yeah, all right. It's like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, let, let's think, let's talk about this though. All time horse game, who would win? I'm gonna give you four. I'm gonna give you four players right now. I'm gonna give you Steph, 
I'm gonna give you Jordan. I'm gonna put LeBron in there. Who else? Who's who, put one more player who do some crazy trick shots? Um, oh, we I mean Kobe, Kobe obviously. I, I th- yeah, Kobe. Co- I've seen Kobe play horse. Uh, I saw a video. I don't know, <laughs> All right, I don't, I don't, ago, I but. <laughs> He he was he was literally bouncing the ball and spinning it into yeah, the Kobe's basket. Kobe's crazy, man. So, out of those four, I mean, I mean, I, I would say out of those four, I think LeBron's getting the brute first. No offense, LeBron, but I, I'm thinking all four of them, all four of them to start yeah. shooting free throws. I mean, it's a wrap. I'm sorry, LeBron, you're out. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, Steph's definitely winning that. If it's a free throw battle, yeah, Steph, I think Steph, Steph will just keep shooting those free throws for the first like four, five rounds. It doesn't matter who goes first, but as long as LeBron doesn't go first, he's gonna lose because all they need to do is shoot free throws consecutively. Because I think all of them are gonna make it, and then LeBron will probably miss a few. He'll be out. Um, then next, I'm gonna think. I'm thinking. I'm thinking Jordan's gonna go out next. No disrespect. Yeah. I, I I put KD if, oh, for a fifth. For a KD, fifth, I put um, KD for sure. Yeah, I still think Jordan would be out next. I think Jordan. I don't think he's much. I mean, we've seen him do some crazy trick shots, but it's always against like there has to be a body there. He doesn't like he's not a finesse player. He will go at you if there's a body there. He's gonna go do some crazy things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like yeah, we've seen Kobe hit like. Behind yeah, the basket, seen, behind the backboard type yeah, shots. Like I've in seen Kobe game. do some things that he doesn't need to do. He's just extra. Like him and Steph, they're just doing it because they yeah. want it. it looks good, which is yeah, because Jordan yeah, exactly. he has to do it. Even though there's nowhere to go, he'll do it. Do Kobe was hitting hit a jump shot, a three pointer with the left hand. Like he can do crazy things if he yeah, was in horse um, game. I'm picking Steph at the end. I think Steph will just start shooting some half court shots, make them. <laughs> yeah, I think it would definitely come down. It would definitely come down to like Steph yeah. and Kobe. Yeah, but KD and Steph would probably be the best shooting exhibition in terms of horse. Oh yeah, for sure. Unless KD team. starts whipping out some dunks, then uh, Steph, you're just, Steph's done. Yeah, yeah. It would be. Hopefully, they can make it better than this joke of a oh, tournament. That they put out. Uh, I was a little excited, and then I watched like a game. And I, I uh, yeah, two K has so. been. I mean, I saw Katie's the number one seed loser. I think it was like Derrick Jones or something. Yeah, and then Harrison Barnes yeah. got crushed. By look, hey, look how sad this is We were talking about players playing two K on live TV, and we're calling this like sports, man. I'm. Just, this is sad. Um, esports is actually taking over, though. I've been seeing like online horse racing, virtual horse racing. All people are betting on yeah. that. I mean, man, the world needs sports. I'm telling you right now, this is this is the most. I'm not even used to this right now. I, I don't even. I don't know what to do with my days, man. I'll sit at home. Yeah, we'll just watching yeah, old old games. games. They, they play, play like TV. they play like Super Bowl classics, NBA Finals classics. Actually, there was actually a Hall of Fame. Uh, marathon classics. It was like their best games ever. Tim Duncan's game six. I watched that. That thing was crazy. Oh my lord, that was crazy. That like that that people forget he could do that. Like he put up a triple that's double what I'm, with eight bro. blocks. Like that's not a twenty and twenty. He is so slept on. Two. Twenty rebound, twenty points, twenty rebounds, ten assists, and eight blocks. Like that is absolute. Tim Duncan, <laughs> like. You keep, there's Tim no way you the can only stop per, that. the only player who has been too humble for his own good. I mean, people literally they don't mention him in the grades because he's humble. Like, come, what do yeah. you need Tim Duncan to do? If he 
if he had that skill set with Kevin Garnett's personality, he I bet he would be talked about as like yeah top five player because he just K, KG was a player who just put himself out there more. Like he was emotional. He was a vocal leader, one of the best leaders in NBA history. Um, he was just a talker, you know. So you got to see more of him on and off the court. But yeah. With Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan, quiet dude. He just gives you a bucket. Never really. Just give you a bucket. Talk trash. Yeah, he just gives you a bucket. The most silent bucket ever. He'll give you a bucket, and then he'll take win the game by thirty points, and then he'll sit on the bench and and he'll just chill over there. That's how. That's how he. Um, that's how Tim rolls, man. I mean, those Spurs team back in the days. They got the they got their superstars or their stars. They don't talk much, and then they got players like Stephen Jackson off the bench who were just there to be their dogs. So that team was built from top to bottom yeah. as a perfect team, man. They had dogs doing the dirty work for them, and the, yeah. Shout out Stack. All right. Um, so moving on from that horse game, we're gonna go into some football talk, some NFL talk. Um, Rex Ryan actually was on Get Up, what, like a week ago, saying some hurtful things to Amari, about Amari Cooper, actually. Sure, you go ahead. What, tell him what he said, bro. Uh, well, uh, Rex Ryan, um, I think it was his, like, first, one of the first TV, like, interviews since, like, the coronavirus um, pandemic and every, how everything got canceled. He referred to uh, Amari Cooper as a turd. Yes, he kept saying he said that multiple said times. He would, bro, multiple times. Yeah, he said he would not pay uh, that turd for his disappearing act, and said that he never shows up versus the league's top corners. And once the comp, one, and when the competition's good, he just disappears. He always um, doesn't show up on the road. Yeah, he said he never shows up on the road, and he would never pay that guy continuously said no in no way in hell I would, I would pay this guy so Vincent what are your thoughts on him going out on your you know like I mean I'm I'm not a huge Amari fan I mean I'm a Cowboys fan so I do like Amari I just you know some of the things he said were truthful but the way he presented it as you know saying call him a turd saying he's a disappearing act I mean you know, those are some hurtful things. I, I saw that the other day. I, I saw it trending on Twitter. I was like, why is Rex Ryan trending? Does he have the corona? I get on, I see him like, wrapping up Amari Cooper, and I just think, you know, Amari has done nothing to deserve this. I mean, like, Amari never – I don't even think Amari was playing against when Rex Ryan was coached. I mean, he probably played like, – what Rex Ryan was coaching the Jets and the Bills, right? I don't think Re- I don't think Amari has ever, like, yeah. done anything personal to him on the field or anything yeah. to warrant an attack like this. I mean – I don't know why Amari – I don't know why he was going after Amari so much. I mean, sure, there's other players. I mean, if you don't believe that Amari deserves his money, there are other players in the NFL, I guarantee you, do not deserve their money. I mean, just ask, ask Kirk Cousins, bro. Why did he, why didn't I, why did he not go on Kirk Cousins like that? That's literally the biggest disappearing act in all football. Why isn't he going after Kirk Cousins like he's going after Amari Cooper? It doesn't make sense to me. Um, Amari's a solid player. I'm not saying he's – I mean, may, he did, did he disappear during some big games? You know, I would say so. He took himself himself off the field, but to say you know he's a piece of tur- he's a turd like what? I, it doesn't make sense to me. Rex Ryan, I mean, it explains a lot why he's not a coach in the NFL anymore. You know, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, I I thought it was a little harsh. I mean, he had some good points. Like he does disappear. He did, and he doesn't doesn't show up against good competition. Um, we saw him. 
disappear against uh, the Patriots when he was getting uh, strapped up by the defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore. And he really didn't show up against the Eagles in that must-win game that they needed at the end of the year. But he is a good ta- – he has a great talent. He's a great route runner. And he he does show up sometimes. He shows up, shows at, up home, at home. And he's shown up he's shown up in big games at home. But I just think it's just something with his confidence. Maybe it's an injury. I don't know. I heard that he had some hamstring trouble, I believe, last year and just some foot – and uh, just lower body ex- or lower extremity injuries that he was dealing with, but um, it's just weird that he just his numbers on the road are just not on par with his numbers at home. But obviously, we've seen that he has the talent. Obviously, his he's a speedster and he's a great route runner and he has good hands. So, I mean, as long as he can bring that same mentality and game on the road. I don't see how you can be calling him a turd or a disappearing act. I mean, it's not like he's been in that many huge games either. Like, he's a young player. So, let's just give him a chance, see what he does on in this um, during this contract. I mean, it's a lot of money. 20, 20 more years. Uh, I honestly, yeah, I honestly wouldn't have paid him that many. But, I mean, I guess the Cowboys believe in that talent. So um, he needs to show up on the road in those big games so he doesn't continue this reputation of not showing up when it matters. But I think Rex Ryan's point was more based off why are you paying Amari Cooper, a guy who hasn't shown up in big games, and you're not paying Dak Prescott, who shows up every game, um, Obviously, never miss a practice except once, and that turned into a huge news story last mm-hmm. year. Um, great leader. Um, has won a lot of games for you. I think he was just talking more of why pay a receiver and not pay your quarterback, the guy who has stabilized the franchise since Tony Romo got hurt and was dealing with injuries and eventually retired. No, that's... Why are you not... Why, you, why is he the only one not getting paid and everyone else is? But I still think he was a little harsh on calling him a you know, I just think and saying no, hell he, no way in hell he would Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, I just think Amari, when I think of diva receivers, I don't see Amari as one of them, you know? I mean, if Amari was like a diva yeah. type of a player, I would understand Rex Ryan's comments. Like, if he had that T.O. Mm-hmm. personality or something, like, yeah, I'd understand the comments. But Amari doesn't really, you know, he doesn't warrant that diva mentality type of receiver. I mean, I would put him in the same category with, with like, as like quiet, not like skill set receivers, but Amari is as quiet as like Larry Fitzgerald. He doesn't talk that much. If you see him on the field, Amari doesn't get in many scuffles or anything. I mean, he's not there to talk. He's there to play football. Yeah, he just puts his head down and yeah, goes he just to goes work. to work. Uh, he's you know? kind of like the AJ Green, like major person. Yeah, they just Julio go out there Jones. and play football. I mean, he's not he's not going to be Odell. He doesn't go out there and talk. He's not flashy. He doesn't do much. He's a solid route runner. Catches the ball, gets touchdowns, and you know. I don't see the turd. I mean, yeah, you could say whatever you want about his on-field performance, but where you like, he was basically questioning his leadership and all that stuff. And I was like, well, come on, man. I, I don't know if Rex Ryan knows Amari personally. I don't know if they have any like relationship off the field or something, if it's bad or anything. But I mean, I don't know what he, I don't know what warranted the turd, the turd um, comment. But yeah, I mean, the McCordy twins actually uh, called out Rex Ryan, ESPN. They said uh, that ESPN doesn't need to air Rex Ryan. I think um, we know the history. Yeah, 
Patriots players have with Rex Ryan. I mean, Rex Ryan, I, he, Rex Ryan isn't you know the greatest, most respected coach of out there. I mean, he's he is Rex Ryan after at the end of the day. He's um, he's an outspoken guy. I'll say that. I'll leave it at that. He's an outspoken guy. I mean, I think is I know Amari won't say anything back to him. I know it's not going to happen, but I hope Amari can you know see this and just add fuel to his fire and hopefully ball out this year and get us some get us some type of a uh, playoff resemblance. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's just it's crazy to me. Uh, actually, Mari Cooper is. I, I think what well, he's getting twenty million a year. So he's asking. He got the Jadavian Clowney money. <laughs> he got the yeah. Clowney. Yeah, he got paid. He got paid. He I got think he deserves. Paid. He's a four. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. I mean, I don't know what else you want to like. I don't know how much you're trying to. I don't know what he wants. Amari, like, what do you want him not to get paid? You don't want him to get paid as much? I don't know. He didn't really say much. So that's all I'm about to leave it at. Yeah. Um, yeah, moving on from that, though. Man, that got me heated. Moving on from that, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, – we're going to talk about – I saw this on ESPN the other day, like the best rivalries of all time in every sport ever. So I'm just going to name a couple of mine, and then we'll just branch off from there. My first favorite rivalry is probably uh, Nadal and Federer, Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. You know, I've been seeing them as since I was a little kid, six or seven years old. My granddad's yeah. a huge tennis fan. He watches every open, every major open, and you know, I live with him. So every time I'm downstairs or something, I'm just watching TV. He'll, I'll be watching Nadal and Federer usually in like the finals or semifinals. They, them two right there are the greatest tennis players I've ever seen. I mean, I've only lived 20 years. That's all I've known as greatness. Uh, I don't know about much about um, Pete Sampras or uh, John McEnroe. Never seen them, but I've seen the Don Federer. I've seen them go back to, back and forth for what has it been like. I remember they were in the top since in like 2007 or 2008 during Wimbledon. 13 years. Yeah. 13 the, years. 13, 14 And now years. we look back today, I think the Dahl's like two or something and Federer's three or four. So it's been a – I mean, they're, they've been at the top of their game for so long. Yeah. Um, they, they played each other 40 yeah. times. Nadal, Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic have just been at the top for so long. Yeah. It just feels like a uh, a formality at this yeah. point to see them I know. in the finals of the biggest tennis, tennis tournaments in the yeah. world. Yeah, uh, Nadal's 24 and 16 against Federer, so it's not like a blowout or anything. They they have their fair shares. Uh, Nadal's obviously younger. So I mean, it's just crazy to me. No, no, not many people with, like in Tennessee. Like they're old. Like once they retire, I don't know what the sport's gonna be like without them too. Because they've been anchoring that sport down. Yeah. For, they've been anchoring on tennis for so long. Yeah. yeah, for sure. They've been they've been at the top for so long, and we and also with Serena, like she's getting up. Yeah, there Serena's too. getting old. Um, she's been she's been you know declining in play a couple past couple years. Um, yeah, but we know we know she's, she's a goat. goat. I mean, for the men's side, it's just. Absolutely insane. We had three, three potential. You know, we could have the three greatest players of all time just playing out right now. So in tennis, I mean, we're so lucky to just be seeing, witnessing this. Um, yeah, witnessing this every year for four times a year. They've been playing. Yeah. yeah. So straight. What about your uh, one of your favorite rivals? Uh, I mean, my favorite one is probably uh, the Celtics and the Lakers. Um. I was blessed to have watched two of the final series between them, and they were just absolutely great series, um, especially that second one because the Lakers won and it went to seven games. There's just something different about going to se- watching a seven-game series. Like, 
at that point, like, you know what each team's going to do. It's just a matter of who's who wants it more at that point. And that game seven was absolutely amazing. Um, a lot of people now may think that such a low score was boring and stuff, but those that was the real NBA right there. That was some physical play. That was just blood, sweat, and tears just all out on the court. Um, but, yeah, the Lakers and the Celtics for sure would be one of my favorite rivalries. Um, they've been at it for so long. The 60s with Bill Russell, Sam Jones. Jerry West. Um, Jerry West, John Havlicek, some Wilt sprinkled in. Um, and then you had the 80s with Bird and Magic. I mean, that's the that's the top rivalry in basketball in basketball history. Like they they were they were going at it in the eighties for so long. But um yeah, I'd I'd say that's one of the best at every single decade for the most part they've been going at it. So yeah. um, I'd put that as one of my favorites. Yeah, if you really look at the Celtics and uh Lakers, I mean it's like it's like every other decade there's the rivalry starts over again. It's crazy. It's like the the there was none in the uh in the in the sixties, the eighties and two thousands, there were rivals. But from like seventies, the nineties and two thousand tens, not much of a rivalry there. But yeah, it's crazy to see. I think the twenty twenty is about bring bring out the, another uh, another decade of rivalries. Um, my next yeah. rivalry, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with Duke and North Carolina. One of my favorite favorite rivalries of all time. They play each other twice a year. ACC. I mean, I just think. Everybody hates Duke. Or a lot of pe- a lot of people hate Duke, but like, yeah. no team just like it's like North Carolina and Duke. And nobody likes North Carolina either. Not many people like North Carolina either. But whenever they play each other, everybody seems to root for North Carolina. It seems like I don't know, man. This they're, they're like the pinnacle of college basketball. They're the two greatest basketball, college basketball programs of all time. I mean, throwing Kansas and all that, but yeah, Duke and Carolina. The history between them. I mean, they're just – it's like when they play, you're watching no matter what. I don't care if it's – I don't care if, if it's the number one and two team playing on another channel. You're going to watch Duke and North Carolina. Like this year, there was a crazy overtime game, unranked North Carolina versus like number seven or six Duke or something like that. But, yeah, it was um, – it seemed extremely crazy. The traditions they have down there, like they have tenting. They'd be – people would be sitting outside waiting for tickets over there for like for a long yeah. time. I mean, history of Coach uh, Coach K, Roy Williams, um, Dean Dean Smith. I mean, it goes on forever. This thing's been going on since the '60s. They play each other 252 yeah. times, and I mean, if you, if, I believe at one point the records were like tied. Yeah, like both of them won an equal amount, and of the games, equal one points. They both were separate. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think it was. I think it was this year. It was like the since 2015 or 16 or something. All the the matches been going back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. But, and they had they had a great matchup earlier this year where Wendell Moore won the game for them on that offensive rebound. That was a crazy yeah, game. Yeah, that game was crazy. I mean, these teams like they hate each other and I mean, we're from Maryland. We um as a kid we grew up Maryland fans always grew up thinking they had the rival I had a rivalry with Duke. I guarantee you right now, Duke was not thinking about Maryland 
Yeah, all. Duke does not give. <laughs> they do not care about Maryland. Crap about Maryland. All the ACC teams swear they have a rivalry with Duke. I swear, Duke has one rival in North Carolina. They don't care about anybody else, no matter what you say. Yeah, I mean, I can. I, I, I guess you could give Cuse. You give, yeah, you give Syracuse uh, with Jim Beheim, but I, I mean, yeah. like as a kid growing up, Maryland fans, we would, they would riot in the streets when we beat Duke. I'm like, claim that they're Duke's. Rival. Yeah, they would claim that Duke's a rival, and I, I listen, I love Maryland. Love the Terps, but you know what? You guys were never rivals with Duke. I'm sorry, man. Like, it's not – it's like a lot of teams want to be rivals with Duke. It's like the Cowboys, you know. Everybody wants to be rivals with the Cowboys, but the Cowboys know there's only, there's only one rival at the moment. It's the Eagles. I mean, it's just – yeah. That's, that's how I feel about Duke. Duke's like the America's team of basketball. You either love it or hate them. And, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my next rivalry. What about you? My next rivalry – um, I'd say um, I go with the Packers and the the Bears. I mean, in recent history, we are we haven't seen much of them going at it because it's mostly been the Packers uh, dominating that side that or that side of the rivalry. But um, they've had the craziest battles in the past. I mean, we don't have, um, we don't have to competed. go that far. I mean, we we have the Aaron Rodgers AFC champion or NFC championship game against the Bears. Like, what was it? Yeah. That that, but that, I think that was one of the few times in the last like yeah. few d- decades they've played in the playoffs against each other. Yeah, that's true. And unfortunately, Jake Cutler ruined that by uh, <laughs> riding a bicycle um, and letting Caleb Haney play instead of him. Uh, during an NFC championship. But, Baby, that's Jay I mean, that's Jay I'll Cutler take it. I'll take it. Aaron Rodgers got his chip. But, um, yeah, they've been ba- duking it out for so long. It's a cold-weather rivalry. I feel like that makes it even more intense because um, those games are a lot more low-scoring and based on defense. So I feel like that um, riles up the t- intensity even more. So I feel like that's one of the top rivalries in football. And hopefully um, – the Bears can get better, so that rivalry is more popular. Yeah, man. I mean, now. in recent memories, I as a kid growing up, I don't. I mean, the Packers had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, so you, as a Bears, I don't. The Bears haven't really had many, you know, years as a competitive franchise. Besides those, uh, those, those Brian Ur- Urlacher years, they were dominant those years. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if they if they drafted uh, Patrick Mahomes, the Bears and Packers rivalry would be renewed, man, for like 10, 15 years. They, yeah, that would be absolutely crazy. Mahomes versus, versus Rodgers twice a year. It would be crazy. That would be a fireworks. Man, um, but yeah, the Packers and Bears, great rivalry. My next rivalry, I'm going to go with uh, – it's a, it's kind of like a new rivalry. I'm going to go Steelers – or no, Steelers. I'm going to go Ravens and Patriots. Um, it wasn't really like a big rivalry, but like all-time, whenever they played each other, when it was Brady, Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, Ed Reed – those games were intense. It's always yeah. It always it would be, be close games no matter what. I mean, the, it, you always felt like the Ravens had the Patriots numbers no matter what it was. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if the Patriots were fifteen and one, fourteen, sixteen and zero. It doesn't matter. The the, the it feel it always felt like the Ravens had a chance to win. I mean, and you think like all those times you'd say like the Steelers had more of a chance and. More just more talent overall, but it would always be the Ravens who'd be playing them close or even beating them, and they did in Fox. Yeah, they did a couple of times. I mean, and they could have went to overtime if it wasn't for you know Billy Cundiff's missed field goal, like thirty yeah, or Lee, Lee Evans, Evans dropped Lee touchdown. Evans. I mean, 
the the Ravens had very close battles with you know the Patriots. I mean, Tom Brady. I'm pretty sure Tom Brady will tell you his most the team he doesn't want to play, or were those 2010s Ravens teams. I mean, they were dogs yeah. even more than Peyton Manning yeah. too because he had Peyton Manning's number for the most part. I, I'm telling you right now, I don't know if he'll ever get to that point again. I probably won't. Brady's gone. Brought, mm-hmm. Brady's down in Tampa Bay, but I mean with the. Um, Back in back in we they have some classic games. We had that divisional yeah. divisional game in Foxborough where I think the Ravens were up by fourteen twice. Patriots came back both times, ended up winning the yeah. game. That Ju- that Danielle Amendola Julian. Edelman. Yes, that the little trick um, the trick play, the trick play that changed the game for them. We also have Brady's probably worst playoff game ever. It was against the Ravens. He got absolutely two twenty two thousand nine two thousand nine. He got absolutely murdered that down in uh yeah. down. It was a Baltimore or Foxborough. I don't remember. I believe that was in Baltimore. Yeah, because that was the one time they didn't have the buy. Yeah, and they got they got absolutely slaughtered in Baltimore. I mean, yeah, it's you know the Patriots always seem to be like you know the big dogs, but man, the Ravens play them close every single time. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Shrey? Um, this is also a pretty new rivalry. I mean, it was there earlier in the decade, but now I feel like it's about to renew with uh, the 49ers being good again. Uh, but the Seahawks and the 49ers, yeah. Um, I think th- that's probably, like, the most memorable rivalry we've had in football. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, throughout our lives, besides, I mean, Cowboys and Redskins, but, Cowboys, like, a real Cowboys rivalry. Cowboys and Redskins. Um, that, San Francisco and the Seahawks were duking it out. Um, when it was John, when they had Jim Harbaugh and Pete Carroll, they were obviously rivals in college. Yeah, you don't even with, know this, this uh, Pete Carroll. Was, at, yeah, it's yeah, been ruined for so long. There's so there's so many underlying issues, like Richard Sherman versus Jim Harbaugh. It's it's crazy. Like nobody know realizes how big of a rivalry. Yeah, that I is. mean Sherman literally said that. Or Sherman that literally said he wanted Har- his ultimate goal was to get Harbaugh out of the league, out of the NFL. And out of San Francisco, and he got that, and he got, and it happened, and, and then he went to San Francisco. But I mean, you got to think about it. There's so much history between those teams. Uh, the Steel, or the we know Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll, and Jim Harbaugh. They um, they played each other in the Pac-12 back when Stanford and USC were relevant teams. Mm-hmm. They were duking it out for years. Um, Richard Sherman was also on that. I think it was Stanford team as a wide receiver. Yeah, he was on. Yeah. And I think he wanted to change positions. Him and him and Harbaugh didn't uh, see eye to eye. And then once he got drafted to the Seahawks, yeah. he played him twice a year. So, I mean, yeah, that rivalry is yeah, – And Richard Sherman got him that one year. He did get him that one year. Seahawks came back the next two years. Our, I mean, yeah. And then the 49ers got um, – Forty Nineers got him that next that one year in the in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, when they lost to the Ravens in the Super Bowl, and then the next year, it, um, that was when Seattle started taking. Yeah, the Legion of Boom came because through. they went to back to back Super Bowls after that, and then now with the Forty Niners being really good, they had some. They had two of the best games of the year. Yeah, this the Monday night year. game, yeah. like those that Monday night game. That's when we knew that these teams were for real. Yeah, and that the Seahawks and, were not. You know, people were saying the Seahawks were rebuilding. No, no, no. They're they're they they're yeah. serious, man. Seahawks are back. Yeah, that's when we that's that's when we realized like Russell Wilson that he's a real true MVP candidate. Um and that last game was crazy. Like that one inch that Jacob Hollister didn't get could have changed the whole playoffs. Yep. Cause that was the difference between a bye and uh first round match for uh 
both teams. So yeah, it was absolutely crazy. That changed the seating for everything. That was a crazy Can't game. Can't wait to see what happens next year. I mean, you know, the Rams thought they hit a rivalry with the Seahawks, too. Whew. What a joke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunate end to the that. Se- I mean, the Seahawks have just been relevant. So, they, they, I think the Seahawks are definitely – the Seahawks and Patriots are the two teams of 2010s for me. I mean, they've been – the Seahawks have been relevant since 2010. They haven't had a, they haven't had a bad year. In a long time, yeah. man. It's been – Pete Carroll's yeah. doing – They've been yeah. above 500 for the longest. Pete Carroll's been doing an excellent job. Um, he's a slept-on coach in my opinion. But I can't wait to see where this rivalry takes us next year. I mean, I don't think it will be as bad because, you know, um, Shanahan and Carroll don't have as much beef and there's not many as much beef between the players. But I still think they they just hate each other. Um, one of my last rivalries I'm going to say is uh, – I would say – I mean, I can't. I don't want to. I don't know who to pick for the Cowboys. There's so many teams out there who just don't like us. So, recent memory, I'll go Cowboys Eagles. But in the past, it was Cowboys Redskins. Um, as of now, Cowboys Cowboys Eagles is a is a rivalry. It's been established. It's like it's a very back and forth rivalry. Uh, Wentz, Dak. I mean, it's it's a very inter. It's a very personal rivalry. It's like you can dig into the players. It's it's either Wentz versus uh, Dak. It was. It was at one point uh, Amari Cooper versus was it fucking Alshon Jeffrey? Oh, it's, yeah. And then the, the Eagles secondary always gets cooked by Amari or whoever the Cowboys receiver were. I mean, this rivalry's been going back since 20, 2013. Ever since that one year when the, the Eagles were good with Nick Foles, it's been a long time. Uh, yeah, both the Cowboys and Eagles. It seems like they've been duking out for the uh, for the NFC East Championship since twenty thirteen. Yeah, I feel like they're the most like relevant, consistent yeah, cause... teams in playoff contention. So I feel like that rivalry has passed like all the other rivalries in the NFC East. For now, for at now, least. Giants. We'll see what happens with them. The Redskins. I don't even know rivalry. <laughs> Redskins. In terms of history, I, I mean, Cowboys and Redskins is definitely the best rivalry. Yeah, for sure. I, we were never alive for to see like the true colors of that rivalry the true battles yeah i've only seen fedex field half cowboys fans i mean it's it's <laughs> i've i've i saw um, rg3 light y'all up twice that oh year, my so. god the one year the one yeah, year the redskins... thanksgiving the greatest redskins game i've ever seen thanksgiving 2012 Man, that, that that's a funny story it's funny thing you said that funny thing you said that i've seen i actually just saw Mario light you guys up i think it was what last year two years ago yeah I also <laughs> saw um, Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy uh, beating you guys on Monday night. Oh, what about Matt Castle uh, when you guys were leaving? <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh! Oh my god! There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, games. You got, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins couldn't win a one Monday night game as a Redskins. Star. Yeah, that's sad. Crazy. Um, even against Matt Castle, we could also say. I mean, there's a lot of games Cowboys and Redskins too. You had that Tony Romo game where he had a bad the bad center. He kept fumbling the snaps. And they ended up winning the game somehow on Monday night. Yeah. Good times. Uh, uh, that Sean Taylor game where he blocked the blocked the field goal. I that was one of my first memories of the Redskins and Cowboys. Yeah, for that sure. blocked field goal. Um, and with it was a, ni- a neck and neck game, tied nine to nine, I believe, or six to six, maybe I don't know. But um, I just remember. I had no idea what was going on. Sean Taylor came out of nowhere, blocked the kick as time was about to expire, started running it back, got a, got his face mask pulled, so we got an extra 50, 15 yards with the with zeros on the clock. We hit the game winner. 
and that that was history. One of the greatest moments I've ever been part of as a Redskins fan. So, oh yeah, man. I mean, um, all right. I'm gonna move on to the last rivalry here. I'm gonna go with Alabama and Clemson, especially in the recent years. College football. Oh yes. Uh, LSU just won this year, but you know everybody knows. Everybody knows the best two teams in college football, Alabama and Clemson. They've been doing that for so many years. Yes, I mean, it's ever since Dabble took over, it's been a fireworks show. We're basically seeing another NFL game. When they play, when them two teams play, it's another NFL game. Yeah. With Trevor Lawrence. Those are some big bodies on that. Yeah. Field. I think they play each other when the playoffs started. They play each other like almost every year until, until this past year. But yeah, I mean, Alabama, Alabama and Clemson, they play each other and it's, it's, it is a it's a, something to watch. It's something that you'll never see in college football. It's basically a, it's basically another NFL game. Yeah, that was where we saw Deshaun Watson truly come out and show that he was an NFL quarterback. Yeah, that could lead a team to a super or to success because he did it in the big games. He even in the game they lost, he was he was really impressive. And then obviously in the game in the one that they won. He led the game-winning drive and had that touchdown to Hunter Renfro, I believe, with um, just a few seconds left on the clock. Like those were some really, really good games. Um, They've been back and forth in the past, so like since four years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd say it's one of the best college football rivalries in a while. Uh, there was, there was um, also um, there was that that one game. What was it that was just last year? Trevor Lawrence lit Alabama up. Like I've never seen Alabama get lit up before. Oh yeah, uh, the the final, uh, yeah, the championship yeah, the game. Final. Yeah, the final. Trevor Lawrence absolutely lit them up. There was also that classic game Alabama won. It was like forty-five to forty. I think it was another championship yeah. game. That was really yeah, good that game. was a, yeah. I mean, they've they've had some great battles. They've always they're always going to be they're going to be at the top with the coaching staffs that they have. They're going to be at the top. Yeah, the way college football is right now, oh, man. It's, a while. Yeah, the way college football is right now, they're going to be they're going to be playing each other for a long time, especially with these playoffs, man. I'm glad yeah. to see it. We got. I mean, they won't. Wish we got one more Tua versus Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, sad that won't happen. But I guess who's Alabama's quarterback this year? I don't even know. Is it gonna be? Are they rolling with that white dude still? What's his name? Matt, Matt Jones. Jones. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, they got Tua's brother. Too. Oh, they do have Tua's brother. I don't know if he's playing next year or not. But yeah. man, Alabama's going back to the ground and pound game. So we'll see how that works out for them. I mean, I I miss those Alabama days with Mark Ingram and uh, Derrick Henry. Man, yeah. when he's giving the giving the rock and just run through the team, yeah, those are some good times. But yeah, man, it's it's gonna be a. Uh... They always have that bell cow. Yeah, they do. They always got that bull. Bo Scarborough. You guys remember him? Yeah, God. Scarborough. Yeah, big ass dudes. They, yeah, that's all they need. That's all Alabama has, man. They got big. They need a workhorse. They got workhorses. They go to the NFL and they they are they except for Trent Richardson, of course. Trent yeah. Richardson. <laughs> But yeah, but usually the, their running backs are gassed by their t- by the time they get to the NFL because they have so many carries in college. Yeah, I mean, Alabama switched it up recently, but we'll see how it is, man. We'll see how the ground and pound game works this coming up year, man. That's my what's yeah. my ultimate goal in life. I got I want to go to Alabama and watch a football game just once, man, just one game. I'm not, I'm not against the. I'm mm. trying to watch the night games against like Clemson, LSU. Yeah, yeah, the, the man, the primetime games. It must be crazy over there, but yeah, that sounds fun. Um, but yeah, those are yeah. I've heard, I, I actually had a friend who went to the Clemson game said it was one of the craziest football experiences he's ever been a part of. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, you guys, you guys don't really know we from. Like I said, once again, we don't have that college football atmosphere in Maryland. I'm telling you yeah. right now, we don't have like yeah the 
the stadium's base, the student section is basically empty by like the second quarter because Maryland sucks. Um, it's not really a college football atmosphere that you like expect to see, you know, at a huge school. But um, those those schools get blessed with that opportunity. Like, I, I wish I could go to a school like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Maryland's oof, their football team. I don't even go to Maryland. I'm not even lied about that. But like, come on, man. They they had they canceled classes to play Penn State as and got game of the year. Absolutely demolished. It was fifty nine zero, man. I I was out by the second. I was out when it was fourteen zero. But y'all, I was out. Y'all I was really, out at the start of the second quarter. But see, if Maryland was good, you guys would have that experience every weekend or every game, every home game, man. If Maryland was good at football, that you guys would have that that same you know pre game experience every week, man. I'm pretty. I, that was probably fun yeah. for you guys. Yeah, that was fun, but the game was just disappointment. Like, how how are you gonna how are you gonna have that much hype surrounded by a game and come out and wet the bed? Yeah, so those are our favorite rivalries of all time. This is gonna wrap up the show. Thank you guys for listening. It's the tenth episode, tenth anniversary. We're gonna give away something crazy. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we got nothing to give away. I'm sorry, man. We're broke. Uh, we're broke. We're just doing this for fun, and there's nothing else to do in the quarantine. There's not, this is the easiest hour to kill during the quarantine, man. Yes, sir. Glad to be on the call, Sheree. Yes, sir. Thank you all for listening once again. I mean, stay safe once again. Stay Stay in in the house. Stay in the house. It's going to be tough these next few weeks, but we're going to come through this and be better for it. Yep, it's going to be a while, man. I don't know how long. (laughs) I don't know how long I can last in here for. Um, But we'll see, man. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you all. I'll see you all, bro. Thank you. Peace.